Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about working with professionals to give them the tools to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And back in June, we had an absolutely fabulous guest on. We only got about halfway through what we wanted to talk about, so ding, 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 we have her on again. And that's because her topic is important to every person. I don't care if you are a business owner, an entrepreneur, a manager, a president of your company, an employee, whatever you are, this information is great um, information in order to help you be successful in that career. So please join me in welcoming back to our program, Tamara Kleinberg. It is so good to be here. And like we talked about last time, I'm still not wearing matching socks. So I'm ready. I know. And for those people who don't know what the heck we're talking about, (laughs) you have to go back and listen to the program. That was the June 12th broadcast. So go back and listen to it. And really, I want to encourage you, if you haven't listened to that program, to listen to it. Because this really is part two of that program. You don't have to have listened to it in order for this one to make sense, but we want you to get as much information about this as possible because we're talking about how to be innovative. And I really do think that is so important. But before we jump into it, let me tell folks again just a little bit about you, Tamara. Yeah. So Tamara is the founder of Launch Street, an online innovation program and community and creator of the proprietary Innovation Quotient Edge. Only assessment able to help you discover your unique innovative archetype so you can innovate on demand. She is a sought-after keynote speaker, CrossFit addict, and knee-high sock lover. So again, Tamara, welcome back to our program. Well, thank you so much for having me, Deb. And I'm so excited that you were able to take the assessment and that we get to dig into your results because as, as we were chatting offline before we, you know, before we clicked the record button, I was just laughing as you were talking at some of the things you were telling me and how it really matches up to what I what I saw in the report in front of me. Right, right. You know, and, and it's it's fun to know these things and to take these various tests because it does give us insight into our personalities, whether it's from a personal perspective or from a business perspective. And of course, those all combine because it's not that we flip that switch. So, you know, I love taking things like this and and we'll talk about it in in great length pretty soon, but there really wasn't any surprises with the outcome. So I love that part. Um, But let's take a step back because as I mentioned, we're going to be talking about innovation. So define for us what innovation is for you. Uh, happy to do that. And let me actually start with what innovation isn't, because cool. I think that I think those boundaries actually help us understand okay, what it great. really is and how we can each actually achieve it. So okay. what it's not is for only the people with the blue streak in their hair who we've deemed to be, you know, the super creatives among us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a point in time exercise, meaning it is not just in those moments of crisis or just at that 3 p.m. brainstorm with the scented markers. Um, and it's not something that you want to get to, or let me say it differently. It's not something you want to hope to get to at the end of the day when you're already exhausted. It's right. not just for creative times in your life. Mm-hmm. So that's what it's not. What innovation is, and here's my definition, and then I'll explain it a little bit. It's people each thinking differently about what's right in front of them. And the beauty of that is, and this is what my my I think my work and my experience has really shown, is that innovation is something that we're all capable of and responsible for. And if we tap the power of the our ability to be innovative, which we all have, we can talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that. If we tap that power, we're able to work smarter, not harder. We're able to tackle, you know, the whole day, all the challenges, all the opportunities that we have to rise above the noise and to create that differentiated value. So we're all capable of it. We're all responsible for it. Cool. Well, now let's delve deeper into that because you say we're all capable of it, which means we all can be an innovator. Is it something though that people have to learn or can or learn how to do it better or tap into it? You know, because there are people that just say, well, I'm not creative. I'm not an innovator. I'm, I just want to follow the instructions that are given to me. So how can someone really learn to be an innovator? 
You know, I love those people because I, I talk to them all the time, especially after I, I keynote or when I go into a client and do a, an IQE kind of project with them. Mm -hmm. There's always the group of people who say, oh, well, it's not me. Um, De you know, it's Deb down the hall with her crazy ideas. That's the one you want to talk to. And I used to think that too. I used to think that if we all just, you know, stepped outside of our comfort zone and right. dared to be fearless, that we would all be innovative if we just did that, like that was the key. But that's not really how it works. And actually what, what my work and research has shown and what science has really proven now is that we're all capable of being innovative. But here's the, the secret sauce. How we innovate is unique to each of us. And it's because of people like that who, in fact, there's this guy, Jason, I, he told me I could pick on him. I just met him last week and he said, well, I, I'm not the innovative one. I mean, I just kind of, I just do my job and, you know, mm -hmm. I, I've got things I need to do and I get through the day. And, but when we really dug into how he does it, his job is all about problem solving. Oh. And when he thought about, well, how do I innovate? It actually helped him solve those problems faster. So that's how, that's kind of the thing about the cool part about it is, we're all capable of it. And you asked, you know, do you have to learn it? It's not that you have to learn it or unlearn it. We all have it. But here's the thing. Some of us practice. So the mind is like the body. If right. I want to be super strong and fit. Now, I live in Denver, so you kind of have to be. It's like right. everybody here climbs 14ers. And I'm like, uh -huh. all right, guess I'll climb a 14 or two. But to do that, I have to be fit. I have to exercise regularly. I have to eat well. Well, the innovative mind is the same way. Mm -hmm. When we've turned it off for a long period of time, it gets dusty. It feels old. It's creaky. It's hard, right? We go to pull it out and it feels like it doesn't work. And then we think we're not innovative. But if we just practiced every day, mm -hmm. then it becomes easier and easier and the mind gets stronger. Right. You know, and, and it's interesting when you say everybody does it differently, because I do think that we, we get into our head that it is, you know, you mentioned the person with the, the blue stripe in their hair. So we think innovation means creative. You know, we forget that it means problem solving or being a team player. I mean, you know, I, I love the fact that on your website, and we talked about this on the last program, you talked about intrapreneurs as opposed to entrepreneurs. Um, you know, and so let's talk about that just briefly, how someone really can be that team player, but still be innovating. Yeah, you know, it's such an it's such an interesting thing. So I meet a lot of people who I would call intrapreneurs, as we mm -hmm. talked about. So those are people inside organizations, up, down, and sideways on the ladder, who have an entrepreneurial mind, an innovative mind, mm -hmm. but they don't necessarily own a business. And I think sometimes, I don't know if you, you hear this from people too, Deb, I feel like sometimes people confuse that if you're going to be a risk taker, if you're going to be innovative, then you have to be Elon Musk. You know, you mm -hmm. have to be right. this incredible entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, you can be incredibly entrepreneurial in how you approach things. Mm -hmm. You can be incredibly innovative inside an organization. In fact, in many ways, you have incredible room to innovate because you have resources, you know, you have people, you have structure to support you. So for those listening who are inside organizations, you have every opportunity to innovate just like someone uh, who's an entrepreneur who owns their own business. Right. You know, and, and of course, the hard part comes in the fact that sometimes you're not given that opportunity to be yeah. innovative. Um, you know, on, on our last program, you talked about the manager that was always, well, that's not the way we've done it. <laughs> you know, well, what, who does she think she is coming up with those type of suggestions? And that does make it much more difficult. And ultimately, you might have to decide it's just not going to work for you. Yeah, well, you might be on the wrong team. You right. might be in the wrong company. Mm -hmm. And those things are, <coughs> excuse me, those things are definitely true. But, you know, we're when we're innovative, we're going to meet resistance. Right. And we've got to figure out how to minimize that resistance and get over those hurdles. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that is how you approach innovation and how you share your ideas. Right. Sometimes that's in the people who you're surrounded by and, you know, figuring out, are you on the right team? Are we on a team that works? But, you know, one of the things I found that I'm most excited about, I think more often than not is, and it kind of relates back to the assessment, I'm going to call it the IQE for short, mm -hmm. the Innovation right. Pushing Edge. Mm -hmm. um, with the IQE is when people at all levels, when they understand how they innovate, they do more of it, they innovate mm -hmm. on demand, and they're more receptive to other people's ideas. Right. So if you have a manager who's like, no, Deb, eh, that's not the way we do it. We've always done it this way. Let me get back in the box. Let me shove you deep mm -hmm. into the box. Sometimes getting them to recognize that they're innovative helps just as much because, you know, they might just be a little bit jaded and need to be right. pulled back out themselves. Mm -hmm. Well, and sometimes it is all in your approach. 
you know, and, and knowing that person, you know, so if, and, 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 you know, it's kind of one of these things where in my mind, sometimes I'm thinking, well, I have to <clears throat> outsmart them. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and, and you know, in, in some ways it's, it is kind of that, but it's not, it, it's not one upping them. It's more, how do they need to get that information? So do I need to phrase it in a way that makes it kind of their suggestion? Or, you know, uh, there are various ways to do things. You know, some people just need to be told this is what we want to do. You know, other people really need to be worked with very differently. And, you know, and, and, and it's funny because in the, you know, our, our initial uh, chat, we talked about the fact that you need to say please, you need to say thank you, you need to acknowledge people's support. And I think in many cases, that is so true. You know, when you're, especially if you're going to ask them to change or to do something different, Right up front, say, you know, I know this is different, but I know you guys can do it. I have so much faith in you, you know, you're, you know, and, and all of those various things. And, and so many people think, oh, God, that's trivial. That's a waste of time. But when it's the shoe is on the other foot, you're like, oh, yeah, I am smart. I can do that. So, you know, think about how you are approaching the situation, the problem, and maybe reformat how you're going to do it in order to fit everyone's style. And, you know, you can't fit everybody because there's all sorts of things, but you obviously need to fit the person in charge. <laughs> well, you need the you need to fit the person who has the buy in the key decision right. makers mm-hmm. is like, you know, whether right. that it might is- not be the person in charge. Right. No, you're right. It may not be the person in charge, but that could be your boss. It could mm-hmm. be an influencer. Mm-hmm. It could be the person down the line who has to implement your idea because you mm-hmm. might have had it, right. but you're not the one who has to own it. Mm-hmm. It could be the customer, the buyer to retail shop. I mean, whoever that bu- that decision maker is. And, you know, it's so the, what you were talking about was triggering, triggering all these thoughts in my head, of course. And I was thinking about one of the most popular videos on our on-demand program, which is our membership site. You get mm-hmm. a yearly access to it. One of people's favorite tools on there is the language of innovation method, which is all about how do you champion and communicate your ideas in a way that gets that Mm buy-in from those decision makers. And, you know, there's kind of three elements to it. One is open questions. And what that means is, you know, we tend to present ideas as an up or down vote, right? right? Here's my idea. What do you think? Uh And then I force you to love it or hate it. And Mm -hmm. most people hate it. We're humans. That's what we do. Mm -hmm. Instead, what I learned to do is say things, open questions. So things like, so Deb, what would you you do to strengthen this idea? Because Mm -hmm. I want you along for the journey with me. It doesn't matter that, you know, the credit for the idea can be shared. Mm-hmm. Because if it's not implemented, who cares where right. it came from? Right. Um, so that's a big part of it. And, you know, the second part is pain versus pleasure. Sometimes mm-hmm. to see the possibility, people need to feel the pain. And there right. is this, you know, we all know of the post-it note. And there's this of Art Fry, and he was in the his church pew, and he had, was working on this industrial adhesive that wasn't working. And that's when he realized, aha, post-it notes to, uh-huh. to hold your pages. But what people don't know is that his leadership team at, at 3M, brilliant company, smart people, said, no, there's no commercial viability to this idea. Right. So Art Fry wasn't done. He went and he made a bunch of post-it notes and he gave it to all the administrative assistants of those leadership. Ah. Mm-hmm. They used it for two weeks. Then they ran out and they called Art Fry and said, we want more. And he said, no. So sorry. Then, right. Mm-hmm. And then they went to leadership and said, we need post-it notes. And that's when leadership understood the power of the idea. But they had to feel the pain mm-hmm. to see the possibility. And the third thing is, and this is exactly what you were just talking about, about know your audience, mm-hmm. is what's in it for them. It's right. always, we always tend to go into the world with I, me, the features, the benefits, especially with innovative ideas where you got to push people a little bit further. You got to understand what's, what shoes are they walking in? What, mm-hmm. What's their perspective and how do you see it from their perspective? Right. You know, is it a budget concern of theirs? Well, then figure out how to address that. You yeah. Know, is, it, is it a time constraint? All these various things. And, you know, and, and it doesn't matter if it's a boss or a client or, nope. you know, whatever. But you're right. Figure out what their driver is because that's how you get the buy-in. Exactly. And that buy-in is key. I mean, ideas are only as good as their execution. And we're talking about innovation here. And it's such a wonderful thing because innovation is what helps us solve things differently. It really is what helps us go after those big opportunities to see the potential in, in new markets and new ideas. But we got to get other people along for the journey. Unfortunately, it turns out, I learned the hard way, you can't do it yourself. Right, right. 
You know, and, and it really is a team effort. You know, whether you're an entrepreneur or, you know, part of a, a big company, you do have to have a team of people that are in some way supporting you. You do. And, you know, that that's how ideas get implemented. And I've learned that the hard way over and over again, where I thought, well, this is my idea. I'll take it to the finish line. And whether you work in a company or you're an entrepreneur, it's just not the way it works. Mm-hmm. We need other people to move ideas forward. And ultimately, what we want is other people who are not like us right. so that they can see the idea from a completely different perspective mm-hmm. and help us make a more com- complete, more robust idea. So like, Deb, for example, I know we're going to dig into it, but you're a futuristic imaginative mm-hmm. on your triggers, which is, oh, I can't wait to dig into. I'm so excited. Yay. Yay. And I'm an experiential risk taker. Ah. So what's cool about that, I'll just say very quickly about the, which is probably why you and I could talk on and on and on and on, mm-hmm. is the futuristic part of you is, you know, 10 steps ahead. You're always, you know, in tomorrow land. You're taking today's data and you're, you're creating tomorrow's mm-hmm. solution. Experiential, I'm all about, well, where does the rubber meet the road? Let's test it out and try it. It's not right. that I don't believe in the future, but I want to bring out some duct tape and I want to mm-hmm. give it a whirl and see what happens. Right. So when people like you and me come together, you take me way out into the future. And then I put that duct tape on and I see how the marketplace responds to it. You know, I turn up the burners Mm -hmm. and then the ideas start to move and flow and Mm -hmm. and become stronger as they go. Right. Well, and, you know, it it is. I was just ready to jump into this. So let's just jump into it. Let's do it. So I did take your innovative quotient edge. Yeah. um, And we find that at launchstreet.com. There is a small fee, you know, and and, but it's 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 a minor fee, folks. Not a big deal. Um, And it says that it will take seven minutes. I think it took me two. Yeah. Um, But, you know, it's (laughs) it's, be conservative. So nobody worries. Yeah. You know, and and it's it's one of those things where um, I also thought as I was taking it. So there's a, a series of questions that are going to ask you kind of your leadership styles, how you like to work, you know, some things like that. And I, I took it deliberately quickly because I didn't want to stop and think, well, but in, oh, eh, you know, because not every question is 100%. And and if I thought about it, I thought, you know, I'll think of, I'll, I'll change my answers because I'll, I'll overthink, You're overthink it. it. Yeah. And so I deliberately took it fairly quickly. You know, I made sure I read the question right because, you know, there's always kind of, you know, if I, if you read it backwards type of right. thing. Um, but it did. It only took me a couple minutes and then I got the results right away. And so before we jump in, tell us there are various archetypes. You know, we've talked yeah. about your unique innovator archetypes. Tell us uh, just, you know, very, very briefly about those and what each one means. Yep. So there are nine archetypes and it's the combination of the top two and the presence of your dormant that creates your unique innovator archetype. Mm -hmm. So we all have kind of a unique combination that comes together. So I'll go very quickly through the nine. So we have context um, as you asked. So, so collaborative is about collaborative. One of them is about constantly tapping disparate people and ideas, creating that intersection of random. By the way, you know a collaborative because it takes them 20 minutes to get down the hallway because they talk to everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, Experiential, so that's one of mine. It's a think in motion, bring ideas to life. We tend to leap the chasm of theory to reality. We want to put everything to the test. Mm -hmm. And because of that, we innovate by looking at ideas in the real world in 3D. Cool. Mm-hmm. Fluid. Fluid is all about not just being good with ambiguity, like working at a startup. It's beyond mm-hmm. that. People who are fluid are able to turn ambiguity into clarity. So they're, you know, uncharted territory is their path to new ideas. The mm-hmm. messier, the better. While well, the rest of us look at it and go, oh my God, they're like, oh, this is so fun. Like, look at all this opportunity. Mm-hmm. Futuristic, which is the other one you are always thinking about what's next, energized by future possibilities instead of today's challenges. What's brilliant about futuristic, Deb, people like you, is that you are really good at taking today's data, context, information, what's happening, and translating it into, well, how does that, how does that um, occur in the future? What happens when we actually implement that? Right. Imaginative, which is your other one, right? Yes. So vivid mind that is always creating new things, the ability to turn wild thinking into real world ideas. It's about creating in the graphs, in the gaps. You know, your story earlier about coming up with different names every time you check in, mm-hmm. exactly that, right? Like you're right. always just poof, new mm-hmm. ideas are coming. 
inquisitive, highly curious, recognize that innovation is in the questions, not the answers, Mm -hmm. really good at challenging assumptions. Because while the rest of us go, yeah, okay, that's how it has to be. They're like, "Mm, hold on. What if? Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And we know them in a meeting because while the rest of us are done and ready to go to lunch, they've got just 10 more questions for you. Yeah, but. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're the, they're the yes butters. And, and I'm so mm-hmm. glad you said that, Deb, because I think sometimes they get confused for being annoyers and not believers. Right. But they're just they're, – that's how they, they innovate. They innovate mm-hmm. by going deep. Yes. And so, they save us from ourselves a lot of times. Yes, they do. So instinctual, tapping the power of the intuitive part of the mind, more circuitous connection of the dots in new and meaningful ways. Really, instinctuals are interesting because they're really able to see and, and create patterns out of things. Mm-hmm. Risk takers. So that's my other one. Adventurous spirit, willing to take bold action. I'm willing to pursue unproven yet highly potential ideas. Here's the thing with risk takers, though, that I want to point out because some people have taken the assessment and go, but I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm not a risk taker. Like, I'm not going to leap. It's not about just that big leap into the unknown and figuring out as you go. It's about your willingness to be uncomfortable while others aren't. And that might mean raising your hand in a meeting when everybody's, you know, mind is headed in the other direction. You've got something else to say. It could be about starting your business, Mm -hmm. but you're willing to put yourself out there more than others. Okay. Tweaker, the last one, always looking for ways to improve and change. It's not about success or failure for tweakers. It's they want to give ideas time to grow. You don't want to judge. They don't want to judge it too early. It's all about if I just make this one little edit, this one little Mm -hmm. twist, you know, you, you, you and I talked about that one question on the assessment about, um, you know, I see things through until the very, very bitter, bitter, bitter end. It's not mm-hmm. how the question is phrased, but tweakers will a- answer absolutely yes to that question right. because they can't let it go. Right. It has to be perfect. It has to be, right? So they, and the beauty for tweakers is they edit and tweak because they recognize that the best innovation is often just one tiny little tweak away. So mm-hmm. they just, they tend to, you know, be like a dog with a bone. Like I'm just not letting go until I find that innovation space. Mm-hmm. And they're brilliant at that. So those are the nine triggers. And, you know, what you and I were talking about in the beginning, I just want to loop back to and say that the beauty of this is, is that we're all innovative. It's how we innovate mm-hmm. that we need to bring to life. And we've, some of us have just forgotten that along the way because nobody said, hey, you know what? You you innovate by being inquisitive. So ask more questions. Mm-hmm. You innovate in a fluid space. So let's put you on that messy project because you're actually going to thrive there versus this place over here with all these boundaries where you feel like you're going to shrivel up and die any given day. Right. You know, and, and the interesting thing is as we're going through this is it really does you know, <clears throat> make it very apparent that we need all of these parts. Yeah. You know, and, and the hard part is when you're an entrepreneur and you're by yourself, you know, and, and so that's where mastermind groups, networking, you know, Facebook groups, all these various things, that's where those come in because we do need all of those things, you know, and, and, and we can't be all of them. I mean, you know, there's no, no way that, that you're going to be every single one of these. You might have some of the tendencies for some of the others, but but you do, as you mentioned, have dominant ones. You do. And it's, you know, I like to think of it as when we play to our power triggers, it's like tapping a wellspring, mm-hmm. this source of incredible energy and power that we have inside of us. And if we tap that, we can be more innovative every day, but we can't be that innovative if we're trying to do all of it. Mm-hmm. So, so my dormant is collaborative, which I have to tell you, as a person that created the assessment, I was like, how is that possible? possible. I love people uh-huh. and I love connecting. I was all offended by my own assessment. So I was like, well, this is, that can't be. But if you think about how I innovate, I don't innovate by pulling disparate people and places and ideas together. I innovate mm-hmm. by putting rubber to the road. I innovate by taking those leaps. And when I kind of came to terms with that, I realized, oh, I don't have to do that in order to be innovative. When I'm stuck against that brick wall, I'm not going to go to my collaborative trigger because that's not my power strength. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to my experiential and my risk taker. I'm going to leap. I'm going to put some things into action. And every time I do that, I I jump right out of whatever hole I've put myself in. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how that works. And like for you with your futuristic and imaginative, um, it's so cool because when you're stuck against, you know, that banging your head against that brick wall, if you start to shift your language and say things like, well, what's possible? What if in the future, what would this look like? Your mind will automatically start to innovate, even if that problem is something today that you need to solve. Right. It's all about how you tap it and use it. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and, you know, so so as we mentioned, you know, I took the test and I am my power triggers are futuristic and imaginative. And those that didn't surprise me because yeah. I am the well, but but but, you know, five years from now, what is this going to look like? Yeah. And, you know, oh, ooh, next cool toy and, you know, all of these various things. And when I'm forced to not be those things. Yeah. Then my brain hurts. Um, it's it's really funny. I'm uh, the uh, I'm heading up a great big project that is a big seven day event that happens in September and October, and I've been working on the budget and I'm working with a variety of different people to do this. Now I'm not a numbers person, and you know and and I don't want to do it. I mean you know my, <laughs> my first is I don't, but I'm the person in charge, and so I need to do it. But I hate it. I mean, it, and because of that, it, it takes me longer. It's exhausting. Yeah. You know, and, and at the end of the day, I'm like, you know, I spent <laughs> hours working on it when somebody else could do it very quickly. So, you know, it's it, it shows that when I'm forced to not be what my, my power triggers are, it is more difficult. Now, do I have to get it done? Yes. But then that comes back to, okay, I'm not getting information that I need from this person, that person, you know, this, you know, whatever vendor, you know, all these various things. So how do I deal with them? You know, because initially it was, I need your numbers. Right. And I got crickets because, of course, they didn't have enough information from me in my head. I it all made I sense, needed. right? Yes, I'm a, well, I'm, and that's the imaginative and futuristic, mm-hmm. particularly combined for you, yes. Deb, is, and oh, it, yeah. you probably run into this all the time, you, in your mind, because your imagination, your imaginative side, too, is so strong, right? Creating right. from the gra- mm-hmm. gaps, mm-hmm. seeing things that other people can't yeah. see, it is clear in the head, isn't right. it? Right. And other people are going, I have no idea what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> like, well, why, you know, why am I not getting this information? And then, of course, you know, that little voice in my head, the, you know, the, the little voice of reason said, because you dingbat, you didn't give them enough information. Yeah. And so then when I went back and said, I need this and this and this, they went, oh, here's the information. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, you know, and, and then, of course, lots of thank yous, lots of, you know, pleases, lots of all of those various things, which you should just do anyway. This is, you know, we're not saying that we're doing it to be patronizing or anything. Um, and, but, but yeah, it was because I was, I was seeing the budget and the project and, you know, the event already done. And to, to put the pieces together to get there was just really frustrating to me. And it still is. I mean, I just, I, and, but the cool thing is I have people on my team who are the really detail oriented who are saying, okay, now at eight Oh five, you know, and I'm like, right. Too much structure. You know, know, it's, it's funny. So Laura, who is my business manager, who I really should just call the keeper of all things, the yes. VP of keeping the business yeah. going. Mm-hmm. She is a tweaker is one of her power triggers. So she's mm-hmm. all about take what started and evolve it and edit and tweak it. And we work incredibly well together because as experiential and a risk taker, I want to start it, mm-hmm. but I'm not good at taking it to the finish line. It's not where I thrive. And Mm -hmm. it's not, to your point, we all have to do things we don't want to do. There are many days where I am taking out the trash, and then there are Mm -hmm. other days where I'm standing in front of a standing ovation. Like, it's it's Mm -hmm. part of the world in the world that you live in to be successful. Mm -hmm. But what I've recognized with her, for example, is if we're going to work on something, and in fact, our new website, GoToLaunchStreet, is a great example of this, Mm -hmm. I would start it with these chicken scratch wireframes, and then she would take it and make it even better than I I had originally envisioned because right. she's a tweaker. But if mm-hmm. I say to her, go create the new website, she looks at me like a deer in the headlights. And it right. took me and I was like, oh my God, that's right. Because you're a tweaker. Mm-hmm. Where you shine is taking something, a, a wet piece of clay that's already started, doesn't have to be far, just has to be mm-hmm. started, and actually taking it to the next level and editing and tweaking it until it is amazing. Right. And if we use ourselves and the people around us to the way that we that are to play to our strengths, we all get to shine and everybody mm-hmm. performs at a higher level. And the work, you've seen it, the work is just better when you right. do that. You know, and, and, and we do have to understand ourselves because yeah. you, know, you you talk about a website. I mean, I don't even chicken scratch it out. In my <laughs> mind, it's already done. And it's obvious, right? Right, right. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm like, well, you know, I don't, I, I don't know how to get from point A to point B. Just do it. And they're like, okay, you're really talking about point A to G. 
and we we have to do all these steps. And I'm like, ah. it's so interesting you said that, Deb, because this is a great example for those listening of how we need to really understand our strengths, particularly when it comes to innovation, because mm-hmm. that's our competitive advantage. Is if we if we play to that, is is being innovative and bringing those ideas to the table. So let's take the website. You as a futuristic, it's all in your head, crystal clear, right? right? Oh, yes. And so you need to find someone who can take it and pull it out and start mm-hmm. it for you, mm-hmm. because you're such a visionary. And it's all up here in your head. I, as an experiential, if I tried to do it that way and tell my team what I needed, it would bomb and I would get back something that didn't fit what was in my head. Right. right. For me to be able to innovate, I have to pull out a blank piece of paper and some colored markers. Mm-hmm. Or I can't, if I can't see it, mm-hmm. I can't innovate. And I run into this all the time with people who take the assessment, particularly let's take experientials as in our example who say, well, I'm not innovative. But then when I dig into how they work, they've been trained to not take that step of just bringing something to life, right? It all mm-hmm. goes kind of in theory, hypothetical, spreadsheet numbers, and they're not they don't innovate that way. So they think they're not innovative. And I said, tell you what, in fact, this happened to a guy named Josh. I said, tell you what, Josh, here's what I want you to do. The next time you work, next time you have an idea of how to solve something, I want you to just take some scented markers and I want you to draw it out and take some duct tape and actually build it. I don't care what it is, just build it. He emailed me two days later. He said, oh my God, Tamara, you're right. I Mm -hmm. am incredibly innovative and I didn't even know it. I just needed to be able to bring things to life. I was like, right, Mm -hmm. because you're an experiential and the assessment showed him that. But it was so cool to see the difference between how he was operating and how he's operating now, which is at a whole nother A-game level because he realized how he innovates. And, you know, you had said earlier, do you learn it? It's not so much that you learn it. You have to unlearn the routines that are squelching that. Right. Well, and unfortunately, that happens a lot. You know, All whether the time. we're we're an entrepreneur and we're having to do the bookkeeping, the budgeting, those things that we don't like, or we're the employee that is told you have to do it this way. Um, you know, customer service is a great example of that, where they're given a script, and you do not deviate from that script. And and you know, I'm I'm one of those people that I love it when somebody calls me on those cold calls. <laughs> Make them deviate from the script. Oh, no, you're that person. Now, I'm not as bad as some people that are like, okay, well, give me your number because I'm going to call you back and and talk to you at dinner time, you know, and all of these things. But, you know, even if it's just that that you ask a question that makes sense, sometimes, you know, you're, you're needing clarification or something, you get them off that script and they either can't answer it at all. I mean, they just they don't know that or they have been told you don't do that. Here is your script. You know, and, and so it's it's hard when we're forced into situations that, that that don't play to our strengths. You're so right. It's so painful. You know, I heard the other day, I interviewed this gentleman who's a, a design manager, so design thinking. And he mm-hmm. said something that I thought really brought it all to life, just really hit home for me. He said, you know, Tamara, processes are there to make sure we make mis- don't make mistakes, mm-hmm. not to force how we do things. And that to me was brilliant because if you could take all that structure and all that processes and understand that it's there to make sure things don't fall through the cracks, right? And Mm -hmm. mistakes are made that shouldn't be made, you still give people the room to innovate. So yes, Mm -hmm. they might have that script to say, hey, here are the questions that we usually get. So here's some answers. And here's room to play when right. you get Deb on the phone and she mm-hmm. asks you these questions mm-hmm. and you're going to go off script. But right. oftentimes we're forced into the script. And when that happens, our innovation get our innovative side gets shut down because we're not playing to that strength. So if you're a fluid and you're all about ambiguity and you're in a job that is structure, 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 boundaries, 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 of course you don't feel innovative. You're not, you're not given room to play. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, speaking of fluid, that's my dormant trigger. So what does dormant trigger mean? And then let's talk more about, you know, what what all we have to do to deal with that. Yep. So here's how I think about your dormant trigger. And we specifically called it dormant, not weakness, because I don't see it as a weakness, but Mm -hmm. it is the area where you innovate the least. Okay. So think of it as that place where if you tried really hard to play there, you could, but it's going to be a little bit exhausting. So why play there? You should go to your strengths. It is Mm -hmm. there. It is the one that we do the least. It is where we're the least innovative, where that energy comes from at the most minimal possible amount. Mm -hmm. 
Here's how um, I talk to people about dealing with it. Number one is make sure you're not accidentally in a situation where you're trying to be that. So that's number right. one. So like we were just talking about, you know, like if, if um, you know, if you are uh, a risk, if risk taker is your dormant and you're supposed to be the person leaping and bringing everybody else along, you might want to think about changing that role. That first follower is just as important as the first person that leaps. So you may be mm-hmm. better in a different role. The second thing is I like to tell people pair up with someone who has that as their power trigger. So mm-hmm. my dormant is collaborative, as we talked about. After mm-hmm. you know, I was no longer offended by my own assessment, I realized, ah, that's right. I'm going to stop trying to do that, and I'm going to hire someone who has that as their power trigger. Right. And sure right. enough, they are brilliant at putting those dots together in a way right. that I'm not, because I come to the world with my ideas mostly fully formed. Mm-hmm. So find someone who has it. And let them be that is the power and you do you and we all get to do ourselves and play to our A game. Right. Well, and so what what your test said for me on my dormant trigger is with fluid as my dormant trigger, I may prefer to have a few more guidelines to my work before I take action and innovate. And that really is true. You know, I need a little bit of baseline, Um, you know, a budget, you know, for example, would be, you know, one of the things that we've been talking about or some, you know, some rules. Now, I don't like lots of rules. Not that I'm that. And and it was funny because some of the questions talked about being a rule breaker and and things like that. You know, I'm not one of those devil may care. Yeah. You know, do it and then, you know, apologize later if you have to type of people. Those people drive me nuts. (laughs) But, you know, there there are things that's like, okay, we can push this or or sometimes it's the but yeah, but what if, Um, you know, so I need some basic guidelines. But I don't want them to, to be so constraining that then I'm just, I shut down. Yeah, exactly. So if fluid is your dormant, I like to think of it as you just want some bumpers. It's right. not going to contain you. You're not mm-hmm. stuck in a box, but you just want a little bit of guidelines. All right, what it, what exactly is in and out of bounds? Where should I mm-hmm. definitely not play? Right. Just mm-hmm. to understand what the landscape looks like. So mm-hmm. if, dor- if fluid is your dormant, that is probably you. To the flip side of someone who has fluid as their power, where... Where, my gosh, take away all the boundaries, let the fog roll in because mm-hmm. I am going to make some amazing clarity out of it. So right. they're just slightly different. But, you know, to kind of what you were saying with that, you know, it's exactly a great example. I don't want to put you in a situation where there are zero guidelines oh, yeah. because it's going to, you could do it, Deb, you're mm-hmm. smart, right? So you're going to get through anything, but it's going to be harder and it's not going to play mm-hmm. to your strengths. And the outcomes are not going to be as good if I just said, here are two, one or two bumpers to just let you know what the landscape looks right. like. Right. Because what I would tend to do is be much more conservative, Um, you know, and 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 because I don't know how far I can go. I won't want to go that far, Mm. you know, and and so that's kind of where that comes in is, you know, okay, if you don't if you don't give me that ultimate, then I'm only going to go part way. Um, you know, and, and so it's, and it's, and I, I love talking about all this stuff. I mean, it's, it's very interesting. And, and, you know, like we said, when I answered the questions, I did them quickly. I didn't overthink them. And I really did, you know, I mean, we've all taken the test. You know, I I love the test that you have to take before an employment, before you get employed. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) What is your personality? And, and I'm one of those that it's like, okay, well, what is it that they want me to say? And, you know, so I, I really, tr- you know, definitely did not do that taking this test because, you know, it's just it's just between you and me and our thousands of listeners. But, <laughs> you know, it, it's it, it really is one of those things that when you take this, you do have to think, OK, you know, I have to be me, not what somebody wants me to be. Exactly. And I think that's true with every assessment because I've done that too. I've been like, well, the, you know, polished Facebook side of me would answer it this way, Mm -hmm. but the real side of me would probably answer it this way, Uh you know, and, and and I love all the assessments because I do think they tell you something interesting about yes. yourself. Mm-hmm. And the result shouldn't be, no, that can't be possible. It should be exactly mm-hmm. what you said. Yeah, that sounds, yeah, that is totally me. Because what I want to do is bring forward something that's already inside of you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that's the thing with the questions. You, you've got to answer them honestly. And, you know, we mm-hmm. have a whole proprietary algorithm behind the scenes. So there's no, it's not just a one plus one equals two. So there's a little bit of maneuvering of that issue mm-hmm. at hand. But, you know, you know what you really are. And what I find is that, because the question I get sometimes is, but in my job, I need to be this. So how does that, you know, relate to how I answer these questions? 
it, your natural state, your natural truth comes out in those questions. Right. It is right. really interesting to see. I mean, multiple times people have said to me, oh my God, that is totally me, but I'm not, you know, employing it in my work. I'm like, right, mm-hmm. exactly. So do more right. of that. So, and same for entrepreneurs too, of, oh my gosh, I've built this company, not to this strength. What was I thinking? And then they bring that back in and they go to the next level. So mm-hmm. you're so right. I try to game them all the time too. And then when it doesn't work, I'm like, damn it. I try. I know. I know. I know. It, it figured me out. I know. The root of it. Well, and of course, the hard part, you know, we're talking about, and, and we do try to game things. And especially because one of the things that you do with this is you do this with companies and with teams. And so I'm sure people are thinking, okay, my role in this team is X. Yeah. So my answers had better come out to make sure that I'm X or ah, I could get fired. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, But then it comes back to the, you know, if you're truly not playing to your strengths and all, you know, are you satisfied being there? You know, and 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 more importantly, you know, there's that. But if you are not playing to your strengths, then you're not contributing the best way that you can to the team. That's exactly right. Yeah. You know, and 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 ultimately that should be what your boss, your manager, your owner, you know, your your whoever wants, because they don't want people that are having to do something and again, you know, we mentioned, yes, there are times you have to do it. So, you know, yeah. but, you know, if if you're continually having to force somebody to be, say, an experiential and they are not that, then you're not going to get the best results from them. And so your whole team will suffer. Yeah. So, you know, that's where this is so important. And and I love that, you know, hopefully you've got, you know, a, a good mix of these in your team. What happens if you discover that it's real top heavy on one side or the other? You know, is uh, how, what do you do in circumstances like that? So say you, you put together a team and everybody's futuristic and imaginative. Yeah. So first of all, if everybody, this has happened, if everybody's futuristic um, mm-hmm. or has a futuristic and imaginative, ideas never get implemented. Right. So that's the reality. Always just jumping. From yes, here you're to always here jumping here. ahead, we're, which is why we love you. People. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. As you and I were talking about, if you, someone like you tries to slow down your pace of talk, mm-hmm. your mind jumps ahead ten times, and then you're like, "Wait, what was I talking about? Hold right. on," because mm-hmm. it can't. Like, it needs to keep going. So mm-hmm. we we actually worked with an organization who had all futuristic, imaginative, and risk taker. So none of oh, the dear. more real, yeah, real world ones. Mm-hmm. So. So a couple things. First of all, step one was they realized that, wow, no wonder we can't implement anything. Mm -hmm. Like they had these great brainstorms and nothing was getting implemented. Mm -hmm. So what they then did is they were a team within a larger organization. They started to create cross-collaboration, cross-functional teams with Mm -hmm. other people who maybe weren't on their team directly but could help Mm -hmm. them and impact them and that they could connect with who had completely different triggers as their Mm -hmm. archetype. So they leveraged the people. They couldn't just, you know, pull. 10 more people on their team. That wasn't going to happen. But what Mm -hmm. they could do is create these tiny like mini committees basically Mm -hmm. and tap those people and bring them in. So, you know, step one is awareness. Oh my gosh, wait a minute. We're really top heavy here. That's why Mm -hmm. we're getting bottlenecked here. And how do we leverage that we're all this? And then step two is how do we mix it up a little bit so that we can get more of those other triggers and those complementary triggers in? So, you know, if you've got an inquisitive and all inquisitives, there's a lot of question asking, a lot of assumptions. But who's there to say, hold on, guys, we need to kind of edit and evolve and tweak it and move with it. Uh We need to go forward. (laughs) We got to stop digging. Mm -hmm. This is so funny. I used to work with this woman, Jillian, who was one of the most brilliant women I've ever met. We were both VPs of this consulting firm. You just reminded me of her. And she was, I didn't have the assessment at that time, but looking back, she was a total inquisitive. She just dug and dug and dug and dug and dug. And I go wide, 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 wide. Mm-hmm. And at first, we both really annoyed each other, like really bad. It was right. really hard to work together. Mm-hmm. Then we realized the power of our different thinking. And we came together and made a phenomenal team. You know, she would dig mm-hmm. and dig and dig, and I would go wide, 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 wide. Mm-hmm. Whatever we created was so much smarter than individually, but we had to really come to that place of respect for each other. And I think that happens with this assessment a lot with teams is when you, when I realized, Deb, oh, okay, you're futuristic, you're 10 steps ahead of me. I can't get annoyed by the fact that you can't have your feet on the ground. I've got to really leverage the fact that you get it far right. beyond what I get. Mm-hmm. Then we can work together. Right. Well, and sometimes what it means is adjusting uh, maybe your schedule, how you work, to, things like that. So, you know, at certain points, maybe it's like, okay, 
I, this person shouldn't be involved right now (laughs) because they are going to tweak it to death or they're going to take us so far in the future that we don't know what the heck is going on. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, and and that's difficult for people to, to realize is like, okay, we need to take that step back and figure out what is going to work right now. That's right. And, you know, the thing about innovation that I think is so fascinating, I think that we often get wrong, is that innovation isn't just that front end, you know, forest through the trees, let's let's think big, scented markers, anything's possible. It's at all stages of your work and life. And Mm -hmm. the implementation stage is not only as important, but has just as much room for innovation as that upfront brainstorm stage. But we got to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and right, you know, if you've if you've got just tweakers or you know somebody that is so, and it's funny because in my mind I think of it as bogged down, yeah. and that was the, and they're not bogged down. To me, they're bogged down. To them, they're thinking, oh, holy cow, this is is wonderful. Um, I'm getting to do all of this and and you know and and all those things, and I'm thinking, <laughs> and you know and and so it is about learning how to work with them. And and really get these processes down. Well, and think your what you were just saying is so true. And you know, think if you're a leader of a team and mm-hmm. you've got all these different people and you're frustrated because you got some people who feel like a, a a players and others who are just getting by, and some who you feel like oh, there's so much potential there, but they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing, or they're not there yet. They haven't risen to the occasion. Part of that could be as a leader that you're not tapping their natural innovation right. strengths and how mm-hmm. to leverage them. So if you have a tool that can help you get the best out of everybody you work with, think how much better not just the workplace dynamics are going to be, but the output. You as a team, the performance that comes out of that goes to a whole new level. So that's why you know it's a very individual thing. Let's each take the IQE. Let's learn about ourselves that gives us as the individual that stronger voice in the organization. And the flip side to that is as the leader, I now have a tool that's going to help me leverage my team. I want to get everything I can out of that team. I have to. Today's marketplace is too competitive. Change is too fast. It's too fierce. We got to stay ahead and we need mm-hmm. our people to be innovative in order to do that. Right. You know, and, and again, every person is innovative in, in their own way. In their own say, way. Yeah, I was about to say to some degree, and that's not right. You know, it's, it is it is in their own way. You know, I might think, oh, Bob is not really all that innovative, but that's because maybe Bob is that tweaker person. Um, and, you know, he's, and, and it's funny, every time I say tweaker, I keep I know. it in, in a different context. But you <laughs> Especially know, here in Colorado. Person, <laughs> yes, I know, I know. Um, you know, that is that person that is, they just absolutely have to have it perfect. Yeah. And there is part of me that is that way. Um, you know, it's funny when I was initially, you know, in business and telling people, you absolutely have to blog, you have to blog, that's the greatest way to get your message out there. Because, you know, not only do you have this content, you can multipurpose it. And blah, 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 blah. And then people would say, well, where's your blog? And I'd go, um, excellent question. Next. Yeah. And, and it was because I had to have it perfect. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and when I finally realized, dolt. Just hit the publish button. It doesn't have to be perfect, you know, and and I am one of those. Okay, grammar still has to be correct and spelling. I mean, that's just that I am the grammar Nazi, you know, and all those various things. But, you know, it, it, it can change. And then when I finally really figured out, I can and and we're, we're this shh, just between you and me. I can outsource having my blog. What? I know. Who knew? And I, you know, and and so, but it's still my voice because the person knows me very well and knows you know, and and and. But it's you know, I'm that future. I'm you know, okay. Well, here's kind of what I wanted to say. Right. Yada yada yada. And if I did that, I'd never be able to write it. Well, that's playing she to your strengths. Yes, yes. She is. She asks the right questions. She, you know, she goes from what I'm doing, yada yada yada, up in the clouds, and puts her feet on the ground and comes up with absolutely fabulous content. And you know, and, and I love that. You know, I was doing a webinar the other day, and one of the things I said, and you know, so funny, Deb, because I said it in passing, but the chat blew up after I said it when I realized I was onto something. Uh-huh. Um, I, you know, I said. 
do you ever feel like you go through your day and you're like, okay, I just, I just got to get through all my tasks, all my to-dos, the things I have to do, and mm-hmm. then I will get to being innovative. The problem is when we do that, we are so exhausted and out of time so that mm-hmm. by the time we get to our quote-unquote you know, innovation time, we have no room for it. We're done. We're, just, right. we're like, oh, I'll do it another time mm-hmm. because we feel exhausted. And what I want people listening to think about and what you just said is a great example of putting into motion, what I want people to think about is if you start your day by being innovative, by putting that as your priority, the entire day will go better because you're pulling from that wellspring. So mm-hmm. don't wait to be innovative until the end of the day. Do right. what works for you yeah. from the very beginning. And you know what? If you don't have the ability to outsource because you know you're not me or Deb or someone who you know that's possible in your job or even as your entrepreneur, maybe you don't have the money yet. Find ways to tap your innovative strength and use that to get to the finish line. Because we'll right. have to do the things we don't want to do too. But I love it when I hear people playing to their strengths. That's the way to do it because we have got to rise above the noise in this crazy cluttered world. It is too noisy out there. And our innovative side is our ability. That's kind of like the helium in our balloon. Mm-hmm. And it's going right. to rise us up or give us a funny voice. Either way. Right, right. Well, and it's funny because, you know, I mentioned at the start that I listened to uh, the program when we had you on back in June before we started today. And one of the notes I wrote down was innovate or die. Yeah. And and that really is the case, you know, and, and in the program last time we talked about the companies that didn't innovate, you know, Kodak, Blockbuster, all those companies that were perfectly happy staying in their little box and, you know, whether, it, you know, and, and they failed. I mean, you know, I actually saw a Blockbuster the other day. I mean, it was like, what? I, those were com- I know, I thought those were completely gone. Um, but, but yeah, you know, they, they failed to innovate and so they died. Um, you know, now there are obviously companies that are too innovative, you know, because they they are just they're the futurists. Yeah. You know, they're they're not really carrying anything through to completion. They just jump from project to project to project to project. And, you know, so it, it does take, as we've been saying, a combination of all of these things. Well, that's why you want a combination of people, too. I want you right. to help me see into the future because I don't want to solve today's problems. By the time I bring that to market, it's already mm-hmm. done. It's yesterday. Right. Somebody else has figured it out already. So mm-hmm. I, I need people like you to take me to the future. And then I need people who are inquisitive to challenge and, and, and find those holes in our thinking so they can fill those up and make it better. And I need instinctuals to connect dots that I'm not seeing and patterns mm-hmm. that are going to make something innovative. So we need all those kinds of people. And, you know, it's so interesting that, you know, we're talking about our tombstone slide is I think what I call it with, you know, the right. Kodak and the Sears and Pan Am mm-hmm. and all these companies that, you know, have anyone under 30 has not even heard of right. at all. These were all icons of industry. They didn't just, mm-hmm. it wasn't that they were just there and then they disappeared. They led the markets and then they disappeared. So right. we have to constantly be on our toes and constantly thinking about how do I innovate or I'm hitting the death button because mm-hmm. it's one or the other these days and things are moving too quickly. Was it this morning I read? I'm going to flip it around and say it wrong. Is it QVC brought Home Shopping Network or it's the other way around? Um, one one bought the sure. other. One, yeah, one of them bought the one other. One bought the other mm-hmm. to become the third largest retailer behind right. Walmart and Amazon. Mm-hmm. So that game is constantly changing the game um, whether you're in procurement or retail it's constantly changing it's crazy right Right. and you absolutely have to have those futurists who are thinking um, you know okay what is what is going to happen down the road Um, you know and and you know it's it's the Amazon buying wild oats right you know and and things like that you know all of the uh, that's it yeah Yeah. whole foods um you know the because they were thinking ahead you know they see the trend that people more and more want to eat healthy and so you know and and it's funny because you see companies doing that i mean you know many years ago i worked for you know a, a giant behemoth company at that point in time they were the seventh largest corporation in the world and we were redesigning all of our websites. We outsourced it, you know, and, and all these things. And, and you know, and, and we were having trouble with it because that was back when we were really just starting to do websites. And so people didn't need to know. So we were smart enough to outsource it. But what we ended up doing was buying the company that we had outsourced mm. to for a variety of reasons, yeah. not the least of which we wanted to be their only client. Um, because we weren't, you know, they clearly had other projects that they were working on, but we also recognized they understood what we needed better than we did. 
Mm. And so we just bought them. Interesting. And you know, and, and that's what is so interesting sometimes is is you do. You you think, okay, you know, who can I partner with? Or, you know, what's going to happen? And and especially in this day and age of everything going online, you know, people like you and I that provide a service, we can still do that. You know, it doesn't yeah. really matter if we're you know wherever. But if you are a brick and mortar store, you have to be thinking what's happening ahead, you know, and, and, you know, even with restaurants, it's funny, you know, you and I talked in the first program about um, Uber Eats and the fact that, you know, McDonald's is five minutes from me, but I can use Uber Eats to, to get it brought to me and, you know, or the people, you know, all these various things. So, so what is that next thing that's coming before it's even here. Well, and I will just very quickly on that, because you're so so right, is share the ER trap, which I know we said mm-hmm. we were going to cover. And is this, we well, have just this five minutes. I know. Ah. Can you believe it? How does that happen? So, And we talk fast. You would think we would cover double the stuff, right? Oh, uh, so I we do. I know we do. <laughs> but it falls into exactly what you're saying. So, And this is why, I, I will shorten the story for you and just say, this is why I have a subscription to Dollar Shave Club, and I don't buy my razors at the store anymore. Because, mm-hmm. In today's highly competitive marketplace, getting stuck in the ER trap, better, stronger, faster, quicker, smoother, is not enough. To win in today's marketplace, you have to be different. Mm -hmm. Better is incremental. A little bit stronger, a little bit smoother, not good enough for customers anymore. I want something different from you. I want differentiated values. I talk about Mm -hmm. in the innovation definition, I want you to surprise and delight me. And you're not going to do that by making it five blades, a pivot head, and two moisture strips. You're going to do that by completely shaking up how you get a razor to my doorstep. So for those listening out there, entrepreneur and intrapreneur, I'm always challenging people, hey, don't get stuck in the ER trap. Ask yourself, is this an ER or is this actually mm-hmm. different? Because you need different to survive, not just to survive, but to thrive. Otherwise, innovate or die. Right, right. You know, and, and that is so true because we do think, well, I just have to be better, stronger, faster yes, than the competitor. And, you know, and, and you can be, but somebody is going to come along and just blow you well, away. Well, they're going to ER you. So right. too, right? So you are 5% faster than the competition and then the mm-hmm. competition is 7% faster than you and then you're 10% faster than them. It's a it's a lose-lose battle. You have to figure mm-hmm. out how do I, and that's in everything. It just doesn't just have to be your product or service. That can be how you go to market. I mean, Dollar Shave Club's razors are no better by any means. No. They're basic. Mm-mm. It's how he brought it to market that mm-hmm. made it different. Right. You know, and, and it's funny because we see products that, that do that all the time. And, and you're thinking, why couldn't I have been the person to invent that? Right. You know, and, and I mean, and I still can't get over, I think we talked about this, the Pet Rock. Oh my really? gosh. Well, right now it's the spinners. My kids, I have yes. boys, they cannot oh. get enough of these spinners. I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. What is happening? But mm-hmm. millions of them are being sold. Right, right. And, you know, the, it, it wasn't long ago where I heard somebody on the, it was, you know, the, the radio that I listened to, they were talking about trends. And they said, a year ago today, everybody was playing Pokemon Go. Yeah. And Where'd it go now? You know, yeah, it, it went. Yeah. Pokemon <laughs> went. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, now, of course, as a business owner, as a, you know, whether again, entrepreneur, big company, small company, that's scary. Because you're thinking, you know, I have to jump from from rock to rock to rock. In a lot of ways, you do. Yeah. Um, but you still stay with your strengths. You know, if Dollar Shave Club all of a sudden decides that they're going to offer scissors, eh, no, it, probably no. not. They're a lifestyle um, brand. They're they're a yeah. home and beauty lifestyle brand, and they mm-hmm. know it. And you know, I had the privilege of interviewing uh, Mike Dubin, the founder, mm-hmm. and that's how he called. He said, "We're a, we're a, we're a home and beauty, health and beauty lifestyle brand." And right. um, you got to stick to what you know, but you got to figure out how to bring that to your customers, whether that's B two B or B two C, in a mm-hmm. way that constantly reinvents the game, right? Uh, because it's being reinvented around you. So you might as well be the one to do it. <sighs> Tamara. 
we've done it again. No, don't say it. I know, I know. So, you know, tell people how they find you, how they can take the Innovation Quotient Edge, all that good stuff. And and let me say, folks, so I, you know, I, I paid for the Innovation Quotient Edge, not a big fee, not a big deal. Took me a couple minutes to take the test. But the cool thing is, and I haven't had a chance to explore this, there's lots of other resources that then go yeah. with this. So I can see, um, you know, there's there's things to help strengthen my innovative muscles is, is the way that it's put. You know, all these various things. And I can't wait to really delve into that. So I guess we just have to have you on again. Yeah, oh, my gosh. It's just we could go on and on. So, yeah, so go to go to launchstreet.com. So G-O-T-O launchstreet.com. And you can get access to the Innovation Quotient Edge, as Deb was talking about as well as our on-demand membership folks, so people really willing to, wanting to invest in themselves every single day with new tools and exercises. But to your point, tools and exercises come with the IQE because I wanted to give people the knowledge and then I wanted to give them the tools so they could actually practice it on a daily basis because that's right. where the magic happens is when you put your knowledge into action. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, no, don't say it. I know, I know. They're going to cut us off. They're going to cut us off. And, you know, Tamara, this really has been fascinating. And I know it's always a a great program when we get to, you know, close to the time. And I'm thinking, no, 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 no. We're (laughs) We're not not done. done. We're not done. Um, So, like I said, we will have you on again because... Uh, we, as we said, it's innovate or die. Yeah. And so I think this is a topic that we need to, to talk about several times, you know, every year with our listeners. Well, thank you so much for having me. I just, it just goes so fast. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, I'm Deb Creer. I've been having a great time talking with Tamara Kleinberg. And until next time, everyone have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.